Howdy, mister. Hello. You look tired. I don't think I've seen you before. You from out of town? Uh, here and there. From Silvertown, Durango, Colorado. Can I get some whiskey, please? Sure thing. Thank you kindly. Now, I'm heavy late and I'm tired. Y'all have a bath in a hotel for me. Definitely. Hey, can you go run the water over there, please? Thank you. Now what's it gonna run me? That'll be six cents. Huh. Run a tough bargain here, sir. That's probably all I got, but here you go. Thank you. Now I do need to warn you if you're staying. It's kind of a secret about this place. You got me curious what you talking about, sir. Everyone says this place is haunted. Oh, the ghostly kind. I don't know if I believe in the supernatural he had and that. I'm good. Now, I just want that hotel, and I'll be on my way. You'll be a believer yet, trust me. Oh, you're going to make me a believer. Well, let's get on it. Welcome to another edition of Supernatural Station. I'm your host, Roman Daniels, and joined with me is my twin brother, Jaron Daniels. Howdy do, it's a Friday night. That it is, TGIF. It's been a kind of a long week for me, how about you? Oh yeah, it's been it's been running its course, you know, like kind of like a virus, you know, taking a long time to get through it, but um, happy it's the weekend. Yeah, I, I think part of it is just that it's like January, you know, it's like that really slow, kind of draggy time of the year where it's like freezing cold and... The sun, you know, can barely pop through these, like, gray clouds that just stick around forever, and it's freezing cold and, like, 30 degrees every day or 29 degrees, you know, and, yeah, I'm complaining about that, but there's people that have, you know, negative 10, and that, man, I can't imagine. imagine, no. January, you never cease to amaze me. No, I always feel a little more depressed around January. I think, you know, it's like what you just said, it's just dark, it's dreary and stuff, and so, hey, what are we talking about today, though? I'm excited because this is probably one of my favorite subjects. It's been for a while now. Yeah, we're going to talk about um, ghost stories and other legends that come from and and focus around the Old West. Yeah, the Old West, the yeah. Doc Holidays, the Wyatt Earps, the Jesse James, you know, the Outlaw versus the Railroad. Like, I'm just, I love this. Sundance. Curly Bill. Oh, yeah, Sundance, Butch Cassidy. They were, they well, were here in Utah for a long time. Right. Billy the Kid. Oh, man, I love this stuff. Yep. So yeah, we've got a couple stories we're going to go ahead and cover here. And I actually haven't told my brother what I'm covering and he hasn't told me what he's covering. We just know that it's focused around the Old West. So raw reactions here in this episode and we hope you enjoy it. Yeah, thanks for riding on the Supernatural Station. Here we go. Yeehaw! I said stick them up! Throw all you got in that bag right there! Don't you be a hero now! Hey, I see what you got there! Hey, put it down! I'm gonna shoot you! <laughs> I'm gonna shoot you! And your family! <laughs> Chill! Psycho! Alright, well, we're gonna go uh, dive into some stories here. Um, do you want to start with a story? And then maybe I'll kind of dive into one of mine? Yes. 
I'm going to be talking about something that's literally kitty corner right next to us, actually. Um, the Hell Dogs of Nevada. Oh, dang. And this one's pretty cool. So it's the El Dorado Canyon, which I kind of want to look up now. I'm not sure where this is at, but it said, The El Dorado Canyon had an incredibly rich history during the days of the American West. In the 19th century, there were tales of miners who had lost their lives in addition to spirits of the Native Americans who previously lived in the same area. But one of the spookiest stories about that area is the spirits of the hell dogs that still reside in the Nevada Canyon. Back in the days of shootouts and gold mining, prospectors were known to have their canine companions guard their personal belongings while they were working. Because of those menaces that we were just acting like. Right. No, that's actually, yeah, if you have a dog, like it's kind of what I always say, and this still applies today, right? Like if you go out and camp by yourself or something, like I'd only do that if I have a dog companion you know mm-hmm. um, just because it'll bark and alert you if there's somebody coming and you know scare any threat coming in and it says that they became these dogs became vicious as time went on to scare off potential thieves you know that's like their only job similar to like canine dogs you know canines are good with their owners the you know police canines but then they're kind of vicious with everybody else you know loyal protectors yeah and so yeah. it said sadly many of them were left in the area or shot after the gold ran out and visitors have claimed now like between there's one from 2016 one from 2019 one from 2021 and then there was one in 78, obviously some older ones, 99, um, 2002, of different visitors who are in the area that claim that they see dog apparitions roaming and have heard their vicious growls protecting the land. It makes me wonder, though, like, could be a misinterpretation of something, right? Obviously, like a coyote or something, but yeah, if they're saying they see apparition, like an apple, you know, does it look like the old TV-style ghost where it's like, just shows up and... Yeah, you know. and actually, as you're reading this, um, and I haven't read any of my stories or gone into those yet, but some of the ones I was kind of diving into as we were doing research, a lot of these stories really remind me of like residual hauntings, you know, like yeah. that that one too, where it's like, you know, just what was happening, it was kind of, you know, planted on... Time-stamped. Time-stamped, yeah, basically, and it's just kind of on repeat type of thing is kind of what it reminds me of, but it could be intelligent. I haven't heard your whole story, but... And that, by the way, for those of you who don't know, if you're not really interested in the ghost subject or the paranormal subject, you know, when it comes to ghosts and, and what people think and believe about these things is like... Like a lot of people who research this stuff say that there's a couple different types of ghosts and hauntings. And one of them is residual, which is like a repeat stamp on, on history that just keeps replaying. And then there's one that's like intelligent, right? So like you can ask a question, it'll respond to you or it'll react to what you're doing, you know, like as if it sees you kind of thing. So yeah, that's interesting. But go ahead and you, um, that's keep going. Actually, that's actually the end of it. It was just saying like yeah, there's so many credible occurrences of it. One of them was, and I guess I'll just say this in there. One of the ones where I'm 2020 oh, or wow. 2021, sorry, said that they were there were some guys hiking you know up in this uh that el dorado canyon they didn't even know about this story but it said that they were you know hanging out in their tent they just barely had a, a dinner kind of later in the day so it was like 9 30 p.m and one of them went to bed early had some drinks and stuff the other one was a wide awake kind of hanging out by the fire and that's when he saw it like it literally just appeared right in front of him kind of it reminds me of like a native american spirit like kind of thing you know yeah but it just appeared to him and it started doing that crazy dog growl you know where the teeth are showing and stuff like that Again, I'm thinking Skinwalker Ranch, you know, like the black ghost dog things yeah. that, that they were seeing over there that they've, you know, shot at and it did nothing to it really. And, you know, it's like, was that actually like some kind of spiritual entity, kind of like what this was? You yeah. know, you never know. Yeah. So Doug Servak was the guy that stayed awake and he said his friend, Michael Smith, was already asleep in the tent. And so he tried to wake him up. And he was trying to, you know, freaking out, no weapons or anything like that. All he had was his flashlight, and he was aiming the flashlight right at it. And it looked legit. It didn't look like a spirit. Like, it looked like a real thing. Right. But it just appeared like a spirit. Like, it materialized, is what he said. And so when he tried to wake his friend up, finally his friend woke up, popped out of the tent, and then he looked back, and the thing was gone. 
And so then from there, later in the night, it was like two or three hours later, they heard like the growling again like oh, near wow. the tent. So it's weird that there's residual like that. And it's probably not you, even looking right at him. It was probably just looking You know straight, what I, I wish you know? that they had? Uh, if I was there, right, I'm putting myself in, the, in that place and stuff. I wish that I had like one of those meters that focus on radio frequency and radiation and that kind of stuff that they're doing, again, at Skinwalker Ranch. Yeah. Um, because... My suspicion is that the, you know, needle would be skyrocketing in those moments. You know, when they're hearing the growling, when they're seeing this entity, I'm sure the radio frequency is way up there and above normal radiation levels. Uh, I'm starting to believe that there's something to that. You know, it works. we're living in this weird world that's quantum tied together, like in a strange frequency way. Again, going back to Nikola Tesla and his, his research and what he kept saying about about all that stuff it's like it's all somehow connected and we just can't we can't see it you know but it's there well we're looking at everything in a 3d dimension right but what yeah. if there's like the 40 you know 45d dimensions right where it's like you know when you're looking at a circle from up top it's just a circle but then if you look at it and it's an actually a sphere if you look at it from the side yeah you know i think that's kind of what this stuff is like it's a loop like that loop could just be just energy going and coming right back again going and coming right back Right, maybe that time loop. The reason we see, and this is kind of a funny thought. I think we talked about this before, but like a lot of ghosts that are caught around the time we're living now are usually these older ghosts that are from that timeline. Yeah, yeah. Even the one I saw when I was a kid was like a pioneer lady, like from the 1800s. This era, you know, the early 1900s. So it makes me wonder if that's the time loop. Like now we're at that time where we're going to start seeing those ones, and then you know. 2067 you know they're gonna see our ghosts you know our timeline yeah like who knows but it's kind of crazy to think about it is really weird what you said about the whole 3d 2d thing i heard a story recently on another podcast and they were kind of going into that if you were to imagine what the difference between 2d 3d 4d and stuff is which we are still trying to put our minds around 40 i think you know most people but like 3d would be like you know if you're standing there in a 3d world and a 2d um entity showed up let's say a hand showed up you would only see like a stick figure version of it right and stuff coming through yeah and then like if it's 40 we don't even know what that is really like in 1d you know we probably couldn't see anything so it's like different waves of existence right so but they're all working together simultaneously and actually existing simultaneously which is really weird yeah that's kind of what that story kept reminding me of is time yeah, loops and then that type of stuff short and sweet but it gets you to think you know and i like the western the, just the idea of like these old western entities like you know, because there was a lot of trauma at that time. You know, it's hard. It's a hard working timeline. You know, I watch um, the dude that's um, working on Cerro Gordo's mine. You oh know, yeah, he's trying to revamp it and stuff. I can't remember what his name is, but I watch it pretty religiously because I think it's really cool what he's trying to do. He's trying to bring back the town and revamp it to what it used to be, but the exact same way. You know, and bring yeah. back whiskey from there and you know make it vibrant again and all that stuff. And I'm like, that's cool, but. You can tell he toils when he's there. He's like right. by himself and he's like just struggling. He lost all his weight and he just like, you know, every day's a struggle. You never know where your meal's going to come from or what's going to come, you know, the area. That's just what happens in the West, you know. You're yeah. just struggling all the time. And so, yeah, yeah I, totally. I would think that would create energy trauma, you know, that yeah. would manifest later. Yeah, but I have a story. I'll go ahead and just kind of dive into it. Um, and this is just going to be my first tale. But so this comes from the Badlands of the U.S. state of South Dakota, which I've Really want to go there, by the way. I really want to go check out, you know, Mount Rushmore and, um, you know, just I want to see like Deadwood. Me too. Um, that old town because I think that old town sort of exists. And you, is that funny that I brought that up? I see you smiling. Yeah. One of mine has a Deadwood story in it. Oh, okay. Wow. <laughs> Interesting. But yeah, so this comes from South Dakota where the rugged landscape looks very much as it always has. And that's the other cool thing. Like it hasn't really changed from the Western days to now, right? Looking out over the bleak canyons and jagged peaks of this place, it is easy to imagine one is still in the days of the Wild West. 
and if the legends are to be believed that there are some entities that are here as they always have been. According to the book Myths and Legends of Our Own Land by Charles M. Skinner, there is a vengeful spirit that roams the desolate land and strikes fear into the hearts of all who encounter her. Scary. <clears throat> One of the many stories of that area is that there is a lone figure of a ghostly woman who lurks about a lonely butte called the Watchdog. Here she has been said to appear since the time of the cowboys and Indians and settlers heading out west. Always by moonlight upon this bleak hill, the phantom is said to approach parties passing through and stand there merely staring, as if waiting for someone to talk to her. Yet when someone tries to call out to her, she will throw up her arms in the air and unleash an unearthly, ear-piercing shriek that echoes about for miles and leaves the stunned party in terror. The banshee will then vanish to leave those in a present state of bewildered fear, the silence of the night crashing back down upon them once again. On some occasions, the entity is seen with a companion in the form of a fleshless skeleton, Ew. which is said to approach camps in which music is playing. So it only goes to the ones where you're playing music, right? Kind of reminds me of Bigfoot. It's like the curious, like kind of play music and it attracts those things for some weird reason, if this is a true thing. But yeah, so it says, um, is attracted to camps which are playing music only to ghoulishly sit at the flickering edges of the campfire between light and shadow, bobbing its head to the tune. It is said that if one is to give the apparition an instrument to play, it will do so with breathtakingly skill before vanishing into the night. Although it is said that the music has a hypnotizing quality and that the skeleton will sometimes try to lead people away into the wilderness to vanish. If one becomes too enamored with the music, they are also said to go insane and it is best not to offer the skeleton a chance to play at all. Yeah, it's opening up a door. What yeah. the heck is that? That sounds crazy. The butte itself is apparently shunned by cattle and wildlife. We've heard this before with Skimwalker Ranch. Making it even weirder is that the orbs of light and strange electrical phenomenon are also known to frequent the hill. No that way. also reminds me of Orbs, there's Ranch. always orbs All that of light yeah. around these things, around anything. No one really seems to know what these spirits are. For some, the woman is a victim of an Indian raid or a murder victim. The skeleton has been said to be the spirit of a cowboy who died in the middle of a song and was never able to finish. No one really knows, but the legend has remained, and those who know of it will still give the Watchdog Butte a wide berth. Dang. Yeah. That sounds like the makings of a Tim Burton movie. It That'd does. Be a really good Tim Burton animation. I can just picture that skeleton, like, bobbing its head. I just, for some reason, and that I, was so cool. Yeah, and I picture, you know, <laughs> it's funny, I started kind of laughing to myself, but when you're saying how she, like, just stares at people, and then throws her hands up when you try to say something and starts screaming all crazy, I'm like, that's like, uh, you know... It's like when you're trying to ask your girlfriend what she wants to eat for for dinner that day, and like she has no answers. Then yeah, you finally get her to the breaking point. Okay. It's like she's she has that spirit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm picturing like a native kind of native girl that maybe looks like she's sad and you know staring off into her missed opportunities. Maybe. I don't yeah. Know. It sounds crazy though. I that I wouldn't want to hang around that area probably now. <laughs> sounds a little intense. Yeah, for sure. I think we gotta take a break. Horsemen of Texas. Ooh. 
During the days of the Old West, it was the Texas Rangers who protected the Lone Star State from outlaws and gunslingers. It was two Rangers, Creed Taylor and William Alexander Anderson Bigfoot Wallace. That guy has the craziest name ever. I wonder if he just had really big feet or if he like saw a Bigfoot at one point. Ah, oh, that's you a know? cool thought. Yeah. That's why I wanted to talk about this one too. Who would create the legend of El Muerto, the headless one. Ooh. In the 19th century, they were hunting a criminal known as Vidal along the Mexican border. Vidal had been wreaking havoc all over Texas. So when the rangers caught them, they wanted to set an example. They beheaded him, Ooh. tied his head to the saddle, and sent his horse with his headless body running off into the night. It is said that the headless horseman has still been seen riding in the area, night and night after, over 100 years later. Ooh. Now, I don't know if there's any truth to that, but I thought it was really cool. It's like one of those really cool just campfire stories. Yeah, and if there is some truth, you guys should write us. I want to I want to know for sure if anybody's like, you know, from that area and maybe knows some of the lore and legends that, you know, come from truth. That'd be awesome to hear. And we'll do a little bit of research after this too and see if there's any truth to it cuz now I'm really curious, but yeah, that's cool. I'm really I'm always you, you know me. I'm a big fan of like the Headless Horseman stuff. Like I love the Tim Burton movie Sleepy Hollow and um, you know, Damn, we, we're we're Tim Burton talk tonight. I guess, yeah. <laughs> we're throwing his name out a bunch of times, but you know, he did strike gold again with Wednesday. That was such a cool show. But yeah, no, the Headless Horseman thing like we even even Halloween, like one of my most uh, memorable Halloweens was when that guy from our mom's neighborhood, he had the most authentic looking headless horseman costume and he actually had horse property. So he had this black horse that he, you know, got on and had this amazing authentic costume. And it was a war horse. It was a big horse. horse. Yeah. So it had really tall and cool. Yeah. It had like armor on its face, had like chain mail. He's wearing armor. He had like a real sword hanging from his like sheath. And Remember it was just amazing. Carry the sword up in his arm. Yeah. Like, as he rode down. Yeah. What a cool thing. And you just hear all you can hear. Like, he won't talk at all, right? He's not supposed to have a head. So he's just, you just hear the, the hoofs just going down the road. And I remember he used to wear a silver necklace that looked really cool. And he would just, you would just hear the hoofs coming down. And you, you know, you didn't want to say anything to him because it was like kind of creepy. He would just, he wouldn't even turn his body. He would literally just ride. Yeah. Made it feel like, are we really seeing this? Or, you know, like, is this like our imagination? But yeah, no. And then he did it like a couple times in a row, a couple years in a row. And, the next time we saw him, we're out there waiting for him, and we're sitting there shouting at him this time, like, yeah, like, awesome, was, you Yeah, know? you could tell he likes that, though. Yeah, no but he, he didn't nod, he didn't, like, wave, you know, just... Stayed in character. Stayed in character and kept moving like a ghostly apparition would, you know? Hence That's, the reason we love Halloween. Yep. Definitely uh, challenged and grew us into the weirdos we are today. Who said it? I did. Well, tonight we kind of got a little derailed. We were going to have a guest on tonight, and uh, we were going to talk about some kind of Apache stuff. Uh, we have a friend of ours that's uh, Apache, and he was going to go into some um, some lore and some stuff about just history and stuff like that, and also some paranormal-type stories from the res and stuff like that. So that was going to be cool, which yeah. that'll still happen. Uh, we just didn't happen this time. Um, but the reason I bring that up is the next story I'm going to cover kind of talks about our Apache friends, by the way. Oh, nice. Yeah. Okay. At least it gives us a little bit of connection to it. Right. From the rough wilderness of Mount Superstition in Arizona comes the tale of a tribe of little people who are said to have once inhabited the area. These dwarves were said to stand stand around three feet tall, and while they are mostly peaceful, they were on constant guard against their enemies, the Apache and the Zuni. The story here goes that one day a group of Zuni warriors was approaching the hill that the dwarves occupied, and since this meant nothing but trouble, the little people began preparations to defend against the imminent attack. On this occasion, the Zuni were coming here in order to take away a companion the dwarves had made, a pale woman with long flowing white hair, who the Zuni claimed was a witch who had escaped to avoid marrying their chief. 
When the little people refused to hand her over, the Zuni made preparations to attack, amassing a force of 700 warriors. No Can way. you imagine that? Who are the Zunis? They're, they're another tribe from Arizona. Yeah. yeah. According to the tale, the Zuni rushed in expecting a decisive victory against the little people, but were met with the visage of the pale woman standing before them defiantly, wearing a white robe, her hair blowing in the wind, and completely unafraid of the invading force. The warriors paused only for a moment before approaching their prize with no resistance from the dwarfs, who cowered behind rocks in the caves. It is said that as the wave of warriors rushed closer, the pale woman casually emptied an earthen jar onto the parched earth and sparks, lightning bolts, and bolts of fire began to erupt from around them, striking down the Zuni warriors and sending them careening off the cliffs. Seeing their companions dropping dead all around in this intense display of fire and lightning, the remaining Zuni fled. It is said that the Apaches also tried to invade the hill and were similarly driven back by the powerful magic of this mysterious witch woman, who became to be known as the Pale-Faced Lightning. It is said that the dwarves were then left in peace with their guardian savior and that the ghost of the sorceress still haunts the Superstition Mountains to this day. By the way, this story, the reason I brought, wanted to cover this one is because I've heard a lot about the Superstition Mountains lately, and they always have like ball lightning and all these weird lightning, lightning phenomenon ha- yeah. happening up there. And so there so, is truth to that. Possibly, yeah. I thought it was kind of cool, though. Wait, did you say lightning with the yellow hair? <laughs> it was pale-faced lightning. Oh, That's what it. they called it. <laughs> yeah, but it's weird. Like, where did this companion come from? They said she was a witch, and she was hanging out with these dwarves, like, these like duende-type characters. Duende. So weird. You were talking about that the other day. <laughs> Yeah, the little people. Yeah, it's a big legend in the native cultures, and we'll we'll have a let's have a show on the little people at some point just by itself because it's mischievous, cool. They have insight that humans don't have. Sometimes it's kind of a crazy thing. It's a lot like leprechauns for Irish. It's funny how Irish and natives have similar cultures, you know, in a lot of ways. Yeah, I mean, we talked about that with like Navajo and Skinwalkers. That's very similar to like the Druids of, of mm-hmm. the Celtic days, you know, and stuff, and very similar kind of magic practices to make it happen where you have to kill somebody that's close to you and wear pelts and yeah, you know do all the shape-shifting stuff and the pelts thing yeah exactly and hunting for their stuff and everything what's weird is um this pale witch thing like mm-hmm. that's strange to me that there was like a pale woman that the zuni uh, chief was gonna marry yeah so i mean it could be legend but uh, there's a chance that yeah there was something going on well and they said know? she was tall so i was sitting there thinking too of like that one story of the tall white aliens in nevada a little Ooh. bit like what if she was like not even from here like some kind of like extraterrestrial you yeah. know with like these weird powers that they couldn't understand back then because it was like a day it- day of old if you guys want to look into the Nevada aliens with the white hair, yeah, that, where I, did we hear that about? All what, you have to do on? is look up the tall whites. Um, I don't remember who wrote about it, but it was actually this guy who um, actually was in the military. And this was back like in the 50s or 60s, I think, somewhere yeah, in that maybe range. Yeah, the 60s. And he was a young kid at that time, but he was stationed in like this really desolate desert, S four, S four kind of place, like almost base. like Area fifty one type of place. Mm-hmm. And he didn't know what his job was or what his task was. But you'll have to look it up. I won't go too in detail in it. But he would, you know, he was out there and he he started seeing, you know, these what, what he thought were mountain goats out in the distance, these white mountain goats, but with these big black eyes staring at him. But as that he, one fascinates me. As he discovered, as as time went on, because of he kind of got the the crap end of the stick, right? Like some of these military guys put him on this job because they didn't want to do it because they were terrified. He had no idea what he's going into, but yeah, he you know had all these encounters with these beings from another planet that yeah, and they were these tall beings with these pale white skin, white hair, really big black eyes, um, taller than us. And I remember one part of the story that was really fascinating. The the guy right, the main guy that was telling the story that encountered this fell at some point or something and scraped his arm or his leg or something and was bleeding. And the next time he encountered, and one of these beings saw it happen, these alien things. And the next time they saw him was like two weeks later, and it was like almost. 
it was gone. It was like completely healed up. And they yeah. were these alien creatures were completely baffled. They actually spoke English and they were like, How in the world are you healed? And they were basically telling them that it takes them way longer to heal than it does us. Like on this planet. Maybe it's something to do with our gravitational field or something. So hopefully that, that gives you guys some uh, hope that yeah. we're not as weak as everybody says we are. Yeah. These aliens that are going to attack Earth or whatever, if that ever happens. Just know, guys, humans are actually pretty bad, eh? Like, yeah. We've got healing capabilities. We're bigger than most aliens. You know, you never know. Well, I know we, we are because they say we're made in the image of God, right? Oh, so yeah. that makes me know that there's, you know, yeah, we can some scrap. power there. We can yeah. scrap and scrape, you know? Yeah. I ain't scared. <laughs> Okay, so now we got to go get ourselves some Sportsters Rome, get put our last name on it, and uh, you know head down to Sturgis. That'd be really cool to see in person and see all this other stuff we're talking about because I have another story about South Dakota and Deadwood. So here we go. So the Bullock Hotel in Deadwood, South Dakota. Story is uh, when the Wild West legend Seth Bullock first moved into town of Deadwood, which shout out Deadwood that show that was a pretty cool show. He opened up the hardware store with his longtime partner Soul Star. I wonder if that was a native guy. Soul Star. Yeah, possibly Sun and Star. Yeah. Isn't that kind of cool? Following the death of the Wild Bill Hickok, which is also in that show, yep. he was even appointed sheriff and was able to clean up the once wild town. After their hardware store burned down, which who knows what heck what the heck happened there, Yeah, Bullock and Starr built the finest hotel in town, the Bullock Hotel. The bing bang glitz and glamour, the Bullock Hotel. <laughs> I love it. After Bullock passed away, though, in 1919, crazy number, his beloved hotel turned into a ghostly hotspot. Many believed his spirit remained behind to ensure things are running smoothly. Guests have been known to see this spirit, his specific spirit, in the halls or restaurant. They feel a tap on their shoulder or even hear their name called out specifically. Staff members have seen an increase in paranormal activity any time that they're standing idle. That's the funniest part. It says, no doubt Bolak being the owner of the hotel is telling them to get back to work. Who knows, but that's pretty crazy. I wonder yeah. what happened to Soul Star and how long that person lived because that was the partner. But it seems legit because they literally described the ghost looking just like him. You know, full body apparition. So that's pretty cool. It is and cool, yeah. All right, all mine have been kind of short and sweet, which is kind of fun, I think, because it just gives you, gets you thinking, right? But the next one's about Jesse James. His family farm is supposedly one of the most haunted hotspots of paranormal activity. What do you think, Rome? Who's your favorite Western figure? Do you have a favorite? Just curious. Um, I, I like Wyatt Earp. I know, like, that, I know that's super basic, but uh, and Doc Holliday. I like those Tombstone guys. Yeah. You know, and, and, I, and I probably haven't done enough research. Billy the Kid, too. I really like Billy the Kid. Yeah. His story is cool. I, I'd probably go with Wyatt Earp, though. I think I like Billy the Kid and Wyatt Earp. I, I, my favorite, though, is probably Wyatt Earp and Jesse James. I like Jesse James because he was very notorious for just going at it. And then also Sundance and Butch Cassidy. Those guys oh, are yeah. crazy, man. forgot about those two. How could I forget, right? Yeah. We're Utah. They end up getting in a shootout, too, just like uh, Bonnie and Clyde. You right. Know? Very similar. Yeah. But um, So the Jesse James family farm, it says, perhaps one of the most legendary outlaws of all time was the notorious Jesse James. Shout out Brad Pitt for playing him on the movie, too. He actually did a really good job on that. I was surprised. Um, I actually recently watched that. But um, his family farm in Kearney, Missouri. Missouri, which we have a friend out there, by the way. Shout out, Billy. Shout out, Billy. What's up? But his family farm in Kearney, Missouri is believed to be a hot spot of paranormal activity. It's a place where James met his untimely death. That's exactly where he died. His younger brother, Archie, was killed by the Pinkerton detectives, where James was initially buried so that his mother, Zerelda, could protect his body. For over 100 years, it's believed that the spirits reside all over the property. It makes sense, though, when you consider the property dates back to the Civil War. Yeah. Visitors claim that they've seen witnessing flickering lights and hear the sound of horses in the dirt, gunshots, and crying in the night. Um, and then you hear whispers of somebody saying, hey. Trying to get your attention. And it sounds like that. a spitting image of Jesse James. So, wow. wow. Pretty cool. 
Yeah, that's... Do they have... They probably didn't have anything to record his voice back then, right? Like, I don't think I've ever heard an actual recording yeah. of his voice, but I'm sure they have it somewhere, maybe. I don't know. All right, well, I have another one that's um, it's definitely from that time frame, probably even before that time frame. This is, like, ancient stuff. Yeah, no, so this is about the Chindi. Have you heard of the Chindi? Uh-uh. So this is the ghost created by a dying breath. The Navajo believed that death could be a dangerous business. According to the legend of the Chindi, a person's dying breath could contain everything bad or out of harmony about them, and it could become a ghost made from their worst traits. As this Native American ghost story goes, once set loose, the Chindi is said to cause serious harm to the living. After all, they're filled with the most desperate and dire human characteristics, like hatred, jealousy, and greed. They can inflict ghost sickness, which causes hallucinations and death on anyone who crosses their path. Navajo legend maintains that destroying the deceased belongings or refusing to say their name could prevent the Chindi from causing serious harm. Alternatively, they tried to ensure that people died outdoors. That way, the vengeful spirit would disappear in the wind, usually in the form of a dust devil. If the whirlwind spun counterclockwise, that meant that the person who died had a great number of evil habits. Some Navajo peoples who allegedly employed ghost beads to fend off vengeful Chindi spirits, these were often hollowed out berries or turquoise strung together. But the Navajo couldn't always control where someone died. If a tribal member died indoors, usually in a Navajo dwelling called a hogan, then the living had few options. The Chindi now allegedly controlled the residence, so the living abandoned it. Some people, however, were said to have used the Chindi for their own evil devices. Navajo medicine men would allegedly summon a Chindi to attack someone who wronged them. Other myths claim that the Navajo witches could poison someone with ghost sickness by taking a piece of the corpse and making it into a bead or powder and then slipping it into somebody's food. Oh no, that's Hannibal Lecter stuff right there. That's, relax, I just want to take some pictures kind of vibe. Here's the problem. That sounds like, you know, you could totally fall for that. You know, you could fall for it like thinking it's hominy, you know, like yeah. a, a piece of, like a veggie of some sort, you know, like how are you going to know? Mm -hmm. Who's going to know? That's what's scary, right? Yeah. Yeah, this is creeping me out. Given that in modern times, most deaths occur indoors, there's no telling how many chindi could be running amok. You know what this reminds me of, though? I was sitting there looking at it, and I just started, like, breaking down the word chindi, jinn, jinn, chin, chin. Yeah, I was thinking of, like, very similar. the Middle Eastern uh, jinn, right, which is also the origin of the genie. And there's so many different cultures that have similar verbiage, you know, something that sounds sort of similar, and it's a very similar type of being, like this it's thing. It's always like a demonic, out-of-dimension That can possess and cause possesses. harm and damage. And, yeah. and they're always against people. Like, they're literally, like, not the friend of people, you yeah. know, and that's really scary and that's again we're tying european stuff or eastern stuff with the west and it's weird because yeah that's there you go there's more proof that there's this stuff might be real because nope nobody was talking back then nobody's hey i'm texting you right now about this thing i'm seeing over here in europe and i'm texting you over here in utah it's like no that's not happening back then yeah. there's no way to communicate like about that all they had were maybe letters and and you know old traditions that were pretty much spoken and just and there yeah, was no exactly. texting, there was no internet, there was no calling, you know, really. So, so we have to give some credence to that, you know? Yeah. As scary as it is, like, this world is crazier than people think it is, I would say. Oh, yeah. Look at that, that's crazy. The chindi, you're so right, sounds almost the same. But that's the thing, that's that's kind of what I hope, um, that's kind of what the purpose of our show is, is to cover all these different topics, right? And then all of a sudden find the common ground in them and find, like, what ties them all together. Because I really believe, and this is just my belief, and it's okay if we all have different ideas, and I think that's really good and, and healthy for oh, all yeah. of us to have different options of what we think is going on, but I, I really think that a lot of this stuff is connected and a lot of, you know, myth is actually true. I think a lot of these old lore and legends are actually real things based in real, you know, based in fact. And, yeah. and so that's, that's kind of why I like going back to some of these older stories and old traditions. And that's why I really want to talk to some of these, um, 
some of these like old Native American people that have all the knowledge that was passed down, you know, and yeah. it's, again, it's all oral, oral history. And that's why I wanted to throw a few Native American uh, stories in here because it's just really cool stuff. And I, it's one of my favorite things, but there are people, historian type people that are really into the old West and, and, you know, we definitely are missing a lot of really good stories. I'm sure someone's listening like, man, I can't believe they're missing this story that, yeah, the Washoe right? Club or there's all kinds of stuff. Yeah, the Washoe you know, Club, that's that, famous. And... I mean, that's, that's not even that far from us. We got to go visit that place one of these days and uh, do an actual paranormal investigation. Hey, why don't we bring our paranormal portal guys over there and right. we'll just take a whole road trip together. Yeah, Brett, Don, you guys come with us. Let's do this. If you guys are down, we're down. I'd as, be long, down. as long as I'm getting flaming hot Cheetos, I'm coming. That's my, <laughs> that's my road trip snack of choice. I like dill pickle, uh, sesame seeds, and I like um, Skittles here and there. Now that now they're bad for you, I'm not a huge fan of them anymore. I knew, They're candy. They're still bad for you, but there's something weird going on with Skittles. Yeah. And then Cowtails. Hey, shout out Cowtails. Who's a fan of Cowtails? Throw your hands up. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's it's good stuff. I like talking about this stuff. And definitely, Roma, I'm, I'm with you. It's Arizona and Nevada trips, you know, coming up soon. And also right. Durango. We're going to hit up Durango well, and yeah, do that train. Definitely have to do that. And, and you know, as I was doing a little bit of research, too, you know, we're, you guys already know who listen to us, you know, faithfully that we're Utahns. We're from Utah. And there was actually a lot of little stories that came from Utah as I was Carbon reading County about. Carbon County Mind is Yeah, Carbon County. And then, you know, of course, we've talked about Schofield multiple times times you know because we you know it's very close to us um and that was the uh the, the winter mine quarters mine disaster yeah. of 1900 um but you know this and that place i mean you go there and again we're beating a dead horse because we've talked about it before but you go there and you just step outside the car and you feel you just feel the energy up there it's like it's this deep sadness this deep uh, trauma right like this just yeah it's just weird but and then at nighttime it's even worse so like when there's you know no sun out don't like, forget oh. we've had two valid evps there in the yeah. cemetery i sound like zach bagans right now we had two valid EVPs in the cemetery at night, different years. So we were over there last year doing this, right? And then we did it like when we were in 2008 or something. Yep. And we were standing next to the same uh, tombstone. Yep. And it was a British gentleman that died in the mine disaster. I don't remember what his name is, but we could tell he was British because it said it on his tombstone. Right? I'm thinking William Emerson, but it might something have been like something that. else. Yeah. But we Rome was talking, you know, via EVP, you know, trying to have a conversation with something out there, entities, whatever. It gets dangerous. I don't suggest doing it. I'm always more scared when, when we're doing that. He's, on this recent one last year, he caught an EVP that was the exact same voice we had from 2008. It's the same person. And guess what, friends? We're going to play that for you right now. All right, let's do it. So I'll just give you a little backstory. So yeah, we were, I was with my cousin Sean and my brother, and uh, you know we were up there, and this usually the, the trifecta of the three of us, we always talk about it. It's this weird mixture. When the three of us happen, it's like that triangle, right? We all have hopey blood The number three, too. Yeah, number three, there's something some reason, going on there. We always get better evidence when it's the three of us, and it feels like the you know the paranormal activity amplifies. And we're up there, and, and I was by myself, and I kind of just started wandering because I was kind of being brave and not feeling like anything was going on. And I wandered off and I kind of sat on this little, it wasn't a gravestone, obviously I, I would never do something like that, but I was sitting on this something that was up there. It was there. like a little stool thing. Yeah, right something that was meant for sitting kind yeah. of thing. And I, w- I was, you know, I was by myself and I was like, oh, okay, you know, this, nothing's going to happen here. And I was recording, not expecting anything, but I do get this EVP and, you know, I'm sure some of you are going to listen to this and say, oh, this is, this is fake, this is forged. But it wasn't. And it was crazy because, so we recorded that night. We didn't listen to it that night. We went to bed, you know, yeah. in our tents couldn't and stuff. Couldn't hear it in the naked eye, of course, or naked no. ear, couldn't hear it, but. And it's a different frequency. It's like what we talked about before, that 3D versus 2D type of thing, but right? before you play this too, um, in 2008 or so, when we used to be really prevalent in ghost hunting, my cousin Sean, my brother and myself, we were up in that same cemetery. And like I was saying, it was the same voice. And the last one that we caught said, we thought it said, no way. 
and we'll, we'll find that recording at some point, but it said, no, why? And it had, like, the British accent like that instead of no way. It was no, why? But we, we think it actually said now, go away, right? Yeah, later now we're realizing he's saying go, why? Yeah. And because and this one also adds to that. Yeah. Know? So I'm just going to play it right now, and you guys can, you know, decide for yourself. But I will promise you, you know, this is just scout's honor you know i'm swearing to god right now in front of all of us and it's yeah. honest truth we're that not playing games here we didn't edit this at all whatsoever this is just straight as as it came so i'll just play it for you and we hope you enjoy it so this one here are you at peace can i help you in any any way or um are you okay what what can i do to help All right, so that's uh, that was it. So I don't know if you caught it, but uh, we'll play it one more time. So I ask, you know, are you, you at peace? Just a bit you know, so you, you can kind of hear me asking the question, are you at peace? Is there anything I can do to help you kind of thing? And, you know, it was like it was maybe eight seconds later, and then uh, a really whispery voice comes back, and, and what I believe it says is you can't. I, I, it sounds like you can't, like this whispery voice, right? And if right? you really hear it, it almost sounds like you can't help me. Something Like it kind of yeah, muffles into like it kind of muffles off as, it, as it's, and it's again, still saying something. And it's again sort of a something. British accent, you know? Yeah, so it's we'll like, play it one more time here. Are you at peace? Can I help you in any, any way or um, are you okay? What, what can I do to help? there you have it yeah so obviously we don't want to force you to believe what this is you know we don't want to tell you like you have to believe this is a ghost voice we don't even know what it was right but what a shocker when you know we're up in this cemetery there's nobody in this town like there's probably like two people that live there year round like it's the tiniest little ghost town it's probably getting smaller as far as who lives there year round and you know it's more of just like a summer place you go during the summer we're there you know and it was early summer you know there was i don't know there was nobody there and we're up in the at the nighttime you know when there's nobody around they're all sleeping inside their cabins their houses or their tents if anybody's around yeah and the houses are far enough away you're not so gonna far. hear anything and honestly behind the the cemetery is literally just canyon backdrop there's yeah actually just for visual uh for those who follow us on instagram i'll post a picture of the schofield cemetery so you can kind of get a good glimpse of where we were at when we were doing this and when we recorded the sound but yeah it, it was weird you know we I, getting breakfast in the morning and making our pancakes or whatever and and we're listening to what we did last night you know to the recordings and and that's when it all hit us and we're like what in the Shocked world us, like, yeah. holy crap all of us got chills and went through our you know our body and stuff like a nervous system reaction and stuff so yeah we hope you enjoyed it and i think we're going to cover we're probably going to do another episode in the future that's really focused heavily on um evps and potentially even like bigfoot sasquatch sounds uh supposed sasquatch yeah. sounds I kind of want to do one that's fully focused on those supposed real recordings, right? Because I think it's kind of interesting. And I mean, and not a lot of you listeners, maybe, and I'm not saying not a lot of you, but maybe some of you haven't looked into those types of things. And so right. if we could put it on one place and say, hey, these are our raw discussions, what we think it is, 
isn't it crazy that this came out of Ohio or isn't this crazy that this came out of Texas or, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of stuff that come out of Ohio, especially um, with the Bigfoot sort of side of things and, and Dogman and stuff. But yeah, it'd be fun. It'd be really fun to get those out there. And we have some EVPs from like old days that we could even yeah show, you know, show off on, on top of that. Yep, for sure. But yeah, we hope you enjoyed this episode. We're about, you know, 45 minutes in or so. Um, so we're going to call it, I think, and, and we'll definitely have our apache friend ray on next time he's planning on joining us Uh, we're gonna do that tonight but we'll do this uh, a different time but yeah we hope you enjoyed it and who doesn't love the old west right we're we're big fans over here of of just the history of it and stuff and you know we live here in utah we're so close to like the four corners and you know durango like he brought up and all these different places and so just a lot a lot of raw history around here of you know old gunfighters and you know bounty hunters and and all that fun stuff you know It's, it's really fun to to pay attention to and then of course you know all that that blood right all the killing the shooting and stuff is definitely going to cause traumatic deaths and then of course maybe ghosts come from that because you know their life abrupted you know abruptly died yeah yeah families getting you know dispersed like it's tough you know right but yeah thank you guys um for riding with us on the supernatural station i need to see your tickets please uh or you're not going to be able to ride again (laughs) just kidding and uh, we hope you share the show. It's one of the ways that we grow and the way that we can continue to improve the show. Yes, please share the show. Please like it. You know, give us um, uh, feedback. Yeah. Tell us stories. We, we still have yet to have a lot of stories be sent to us. We'd love to have your guys' true stories told. I, and I will say I do have one. Uh, well, I have two, really, uh, that I want to cover that were actually emailed into us. So if you're a listener that sent us some of those stories. We haven't forgotten. Um, no, we haven't forgotten about you, and we're definitely going to do it. We're just waiting for the right time, and I think we're going to do it on uh, more of a again a more ghost focused show because these some of these stories that came in are ghost focused and it, we're just waiting for the right time on it we haven't forgotten you and we're definitely going to cover it and we really appreciate you writing into us and and giving us the time you know to share yeah. your experience we have some witnesses coming up that are going to be ghost related you know that are family members my mom my grandparent grandma together probably and then we'll have those stories taught or told at the same time probably yeah. or something close to it i mean this yep. is the cool thing about supernatural station right is like this is you know ghosts go hand in hand with the supernatural station we'll probably have more of that than we do almost anything else eventually you know that's just what happens because that's the most prevalent that you see right um yeah thank you guys you rock you guys truly rock we appreciate you guys and tune in next time thank you so much where's my duster jacket where is it what kind of crazy savage place are you running here? Now hold on a second. What's going on here, sir? What's going on? I witnessed something I can't explain up there. I, I gotta get out of here. Get, give me my money back. My no, six no, no, cents. No, no, no. Hold on a second. No refunds. I told you. I warned you about this. This place is haunted. I told you. You didn't believe me. I had to kill you on the spot. Hold on there, mister. Now this here's a six shooter. You give me my change back. You shoot me and I'm coming back to haunt you. You want that? I'll be on my way. Ah, get out of here. I'm telling everybody, don't come here. I tell you, don't come here. Don't you come back, sir. Don't bring any of your friends. I wanna dance.
Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. 